Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right with us today, Dr. Andy Schmuckler, PhD, prize-winning author, former Democratic candidate for Congress in Virginia's very red Shenandoah Valley, former talk show radio host, summa cum laude, graduate of Harvard University. And you hear me talk about Andy on and on again, so I won't I won't say any more. But anyhow, Andy, welcome again to Politics Done Right. How are you doing, my friend? I'm fine. Looking forward to our next conversation. Yeah. Well, actually, we have a continuing conversation. You are going to be having a wonderful dinner date with a wonderful or a couple of nice Republicans who somehow you wonder how they could have adapted maybe some nature of what has become a fascist being in our country. Anyway, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. And, and you know, the thing, I, I wrote a piece, uh, I published it as one of my weekly op-eds uh, sometime last year, uh, about the teeter-totter as a uh, metaphor um, for how American politics destiny gets deci decided. That, um, and what I think has happened over the last generation is that a lot of people that we would have said were good, good people, good Americans, you know, good, your neighbors or whatever, good, good, uh, got pulled over in the teeter totter on which good, if good outweighs evil, then good things happen. If if the teeter, if the weight goes to the other side, then a lot of destructive things happen. And what has happened in America over the last generation or 30 years is that a lot, the teeter-totter has, has tilted such that there have been some good people who, if you looked at their, what was, you know, the people in like early 70s, they're younger than me if by a little bit, but, you know, so they came, of, uh, they, they probably first became aware of there being a president of the United States when Eisenhower was president. That... They grew up and they were probably, if you looked at, the, if history were to look at their political participation all the way up until, you know, Clinton becoming president, let's say, you would have said that they were quite defensible, that maybe even they were constructive in their total political. I mean, they've joined volunteer organizations. They help with child care. They try to establish a YMCA in the community. They are people who are public spirited in, in their lives. And I bet that they they had a very defensible political record back. But now, over the last 30 years, some, the Republican Party changed from something which was quite defensible by the standards of political parties that are always deeply flawed. It's just the nature of human institutions. They went from being something which you could, you could respect the Republican Party uh, from Lincoln to through the first Bush with major caveats, but still a decent party for a democracy to have not necessarily inferior to the Tories or, or, or to the Christian Democrats in, in uh, uh, Germany or the LDP in Japan or the conservatives in Australia. Yeah, it's, it's similar. But that party got transformed. You know, so there's a takeover that took place in the party. And the party went from something which sort of 
on balance might have been toward the good to something that was consistently toward the evil. And that happened, as that happened, for in some way or other, the party was able to change in that fundamental way and use propaganda to bring those good people from the Eisenhower Republican electorate over to the force of something which is in fundamental ways the opposite of what they had used to love. If, if you'd asked them to articulate, why are you conservatives? They would have been able to give a speech that had some plausibility about some real values that they actually lived by. And they saw the Republican Party as representing those values and they weren't completely wrong. But now, so the question that you asked me before about holding them accountable, and I responded, well, the thing that we need to ask is, how do we get people who slid somehow, who were induced to move over the fulcrum in the battle between good and evil in America, somehow became flowed down and evil started outweighing the goods. So we really do see the force of destruction in America much stronger in relationship to the constructive forces than it ever has been in my lifetime. Well, How do we get them to come back to the right side of the fulcrum so their goodness informs their politics instead of whatever this is that the poisoning of their minds has created in them? You know, you keep talking about their goodness, right? And I, I, I know the, the goodness, I think, is relative. And also, I think goodness depends on what part's goodness. I think we're all part good. We all have part um, skeletons, if you will. Uh, all humans, uh, you know, none of us are devoid of those types of uh, um, opposites, if you will. But I think one of the fundamental issues with, let's say, the Trump, the, the masses of the Trump voter that we don't address is why were you, you earlier you spoke about Fox News and others <coughs> poisoning uh, these 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 Republicans these friends of yours inclusive, and I think they could only have been poisoned <coughs> with particular having particular receptors. These Quite re true. Let me let me let me say one that I've particularly. Um, <coughs> You know, if you look at liberals, yeah, you can find, uh, I think, political flaws in, in almost any liberal you might talk with. Um, uh, liberals lean sometimes too far in certain directions. Sure. <laughs> um, but the, the virtues of the conservative, uh, this is, you know, I think true cross-culturally and um, they're very good at getting in line behind uh, a leader, a, a, an authority. Um, they're good at patriotism. They're good at law and order. They, they're, they're, they're good. You know, if you were a wartime leader and you wanted to rally the, the people to do what was necessary, like FDR did, you would probably find the conservative side of the society, uh, a great ally of your accomplishing what you needed to accomplish. They, but the th same thing that makes them 
so good at getting in line, whereas uh, the Democrats and Unitarians and liberals, you know, variously referred to as like herding cats, you know. <laughs> uh, the problem is it, there's a vulnerability that that same orientation toward um, authority, you know, I, I think of the radio show I did on God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And <laughs> authority. The same thing that makes them move as a unit makes it them vulnerable to being misled so that they move as a unit, see Kyle screaming in the square at Nuremberg. That is their vulnerability, is that they will fall in line behind an evil leader. And what you said is, uh, how the, the question should be how we bring them back into the fold. How do we get them from where they are? And uh, my thing, and I think that's a very important, that's very important. And I think to do that, don't you have to get to the earlier before I, I, I think you interrupted me. I said, what are the receptors that they oh. have that brought them there? And I think there, there, there are, there are, there's a humongous receptor and that is, the lie that somehow uh, the loss that, that, that in empowering others mean the loss of power for a particular group. I think that's the biggest receptor out there. And to There's something more fundamental. I mean, you're right, but that's a function of something else. I mean, I, I, I've, people have asked the question, hmm. Why is it that some people seem to have a need to have hostility between themselves and 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 other groups? You know, right. like, like how does a how how how, how does a, a, a some of these right wing uh, Jews in in Israel uh, have the attitude that they have toward uh, the, uh, the Palestinians, and it's getting uglier and uglier because of that. And, and what is it, why, I mean, my feeling when I meet somebody from another group, like a different nationality or you know, uh, a recent immigrant from Latin America or, or black people, my wife and I both just get great pleasure from having goodwill exchanged across that boundary. I just love when we are able to do that, which is why we're having these people over for dinner. But, you know, but there are people, and here are the receptors. There are people who have a need for, say, in America, for Blacks to be something different from what they are, something less than human, something worthy of hating. That receptor has been there for throughout the history of certainly, you know, from before, it's been there forever in America. And why is it that some people are moved to reach out in, 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 with a hand of goodwill across those boundaries? And some people want to make war across those boundaries. And then you get into child rearing and all kinds of personality dynamics and it's been written about the authoritarian personality, uh, big important psychological study done after World War II when they weren't asking about white and black, they were asking about how did the Holocaust happen? 
But yeah, there are people who have these receptors and it and it, it's, it's a function of the whole structure of the culture, which, I mean, I have a son who went to elementary school here and there was a rule. He, he was drinking water from a drinking fountain and a teacher said, you've been there for more than five seconds. It's time to, time to leave. That's the rule. Five seconds you get at the drinking fountain. Who the hell needs to legislate that? <laughs> and and when I uh, did a talked about that on the radio, I got callers that, that that heard what I was saying about you can let your we can let our kids work things out more for themselves without having authorities governing exactly what they do. I got calls from people out there who who, who heard me as saying, "You're calling for anarchy." So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's real deep in the culture. A lot of stuff having to do with power, a lot of stuff having to do with with order and the need for comfort, for for uh, war to be waged to have good order get achieved. But Andy, I want I want to circle back at the receptors again, because I, okay. I, I, I want to get that. I, I want to get that covered. And and because I think you, you already pointed out that yeah, there are people who have these receptors. Black, white is one of those receptors. Jewish, not Jew, is another one of these these receptors. But for those receptors to be activated, I think it had to uh, it had to make those others some sort of a villain that's going to hurt you. It's it's sort of like the survivability right. thing that 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 uh, that uh, you know um, int intrinsic survivability, if you will. Well. Healing our culture about the feelings about race is uh, it, history suggests that it's going to be an ongoing struggle. But remember, uh, let, let's still remember there never used to be a thing called race, you know. Until... Well, but in any event, the relationship between who are the people called whites and the people uh, uh, the people called blacks. I, I don't want to get into the anthropology or the genetics of this thing, yeah, but the fact is. That something that people think of in terms of race has been an enormous part of American culture, and it's been problematic in all kinds of social pathology. And again, now, so the receptors—if those—if you are talking about bringing these people back into the fold, how do you, de you know, if if if, if you're if 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 it's been with us forever and the receptors have been activated. How the hell do we get those receptors deactivated so that we can come back into the fold? Well, it, it's going to be a long and complex problem. Uh, but let me just let me first of all, the people. I don't think the people who are coming over are probably carriers of that disease, that particular <laughs> disease. Uh, uh, I don't have that sense. So they might. Uh, one couple might be. Uh, the other guy with that distinguished naval career. I, I just don't think that that's what I pick up from him. I, he said something about how he abhorred slavery. We were discussing uh, uh, him, him and me as, as Thomas Jefferson and John. But you Adams. know, abhorring slavery and thinking you're equal is two are two different things. That's true. I mean, even Abraham Lincoln, I don't think he, he, he didn't think he, folks were equal. True, yeah. but he had love, and and I think that matters most. You know, it's basically goodwill and kindness versus cruelty and uh, and, and injury. Uh, so the, the, anyway, um, I'm thinking that it's the short term thing is to understand that if we go back to uh, the America of Jimmy Carter, 
and sort of were able to perceive the fires of racism burning in the minds and hearts uh, of, of white Americans. Um, and then compared that picture with the fires burning now uh, uh, over the last uh, uh, since Trump became president, for, uh, at least you know, but but growingly um, from from Newt Gingrich and Rush Limbaugh all, all all the way on, you would see that the fires were being the embers were being blown on. So it, 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 the the receptor was always there, but you had to add the exploitation. Uh, of that vulnerability by the fascistic force. And, and so part of the thing is to weaken the fascistic force. And, and, and what's going on right now with Fox and Dominion voting machines is part of the battle. We can, it doesn't heal American racism, but we can take, we can take power away from Fox News, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there are various intelligent people that I'm following who, who see scenarios in which uh, Rupert Murdoch, uh, Fox News, um, uh, get taken out of the picture. You know, and people can argue, I think plausibly, if there are no Fox News, there would have been no violent insurrection. I, I don't know if that's true, but it, it can be re reasonably argued. I think that if Fox News gets uh, taken off, there'll be a, a loss of power to, to keep feeding the poison into the minds of uh, tens of millions of people, some of whom were willing to invade the, the, the Capitol and try to overturn election because of the lies that Fox knowingly told. And now that's been exposed. And that may be part of how we get the power of fascism to retreat. It's one battle. The battlefield is, is multi-level. We even, even have to care about how our children are get, get uh, brought up. Because if we could raise more, I think the answer to the question, why do some people have goodwill across boundaries and other people make war on it? It's got to do with what is done to the child when it gets socialized. If the socialization feels like the force from the outside is making war on who the person is, there's got to be a boundary and there's got to be a conflict. And since internal interior conflict is very painful, is a relief to say it's not a problem if I'm broken. There is those people out there, the Jews that we send to the camps or the blacks that we that we uh, oppress. With the, yeah. yeah, let me let me let me tell you this, OK, because you just hit a very important number there when you talk about uh, it's how the child is socialized. And you know who else no, notice all of that? The powers mm. that be when you see the Santis and the crowd who who are trying to uh, talk about critical thinking and not allowing critical thinking and throwing away books and all that kind of stuff and diminishing learning. Mm -hmm. That is exactly where we're going. And, and I'm glad that you brought that particular portion up with regards to it. it's how you socialize kids going forward because and, that and, and DeSantis is... focus on, on uh, you make a really interesting point there bringing in um, this DeSantis is the as the political figure, and then there's the educational system, which exactly. has got to do with how we bring up our children. Right. And DeSantis, his every move sort of uh, drips with fascistic impulse. And and here's the deal: 
we were talking about those receptors and I asked you how do we how do we um attenuate those receptors or get rid of them altogether and that's what the critical thinking is because if if one if, if one is critically thinking they realize that we are all pretty much darn the same you're critically thinking and you learn these things and you learn what has happened in the past to change all of this and guess what the receptors are nullified but once those that are trying to follow the fascist what what's been the fascist path that you are speaking about now if that is actually uh if, if they are able to clamp down on that we'll continue on this path otherwise we mitigate it look we're coming up on time here i love the way you brought that around because it, it exactly that that stuff about socializing children I think it's a message that I, I don't know if we should use the term socializing children, let, let, but let, go ahead. Let me, let me throw in you, we, the critical thinking is important, you know, like media, media education, you know, I, I've been right. involved. So, so people are not so easy to manipulate. Right. But it, it it's not so uh, there's a deep, there are deeper levels. I mean, it, it, the people we're having over for dinner are intelligent college educated people. Um, so it's it's not. I, I expect that the that the, the uh, if we saw clearly, we would see that they had been socialized to be able to think critically, in some respects, but not to be able to think critically in others. You know the people who who uh, the people who all the Virginians who died in Pickett's charge were fighting for a system the slave system that was contrary to their interests, but they had been manipulated in, in a transparent way into seeing, into not seeing what the Irish immigrants were seeing, which is why they settled in the North. No free white person would want to have to compete against slave free labor that could, that could be harnessed for simply the price of uh, treating them as livestock. Now, here's so the thing. They could not see that because they've been taught not to be able to think about what power had to say to them. And that's where let's go back to your I, 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 go back to your your dinner guest. Yes. And this okay. is what's going to be important. <laughs> this this is pretty important here. Um, you, you, you claim you talk about their intelligence and their their being college educated. I always wondered how doc I always wondered how doctors, how surgeons could ever be racist. I always wondered that. How is it possible for a surgeon, a doctor who knows everything about the one's body to be racist? But yeah, the socialist yeah, yeah. the hold no, on, the so hold, hold no. on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. The socialization that you spoke about earlier, starting from young. The critical thinking from young is what's necessitated to negate that. And my, uh, before you come in, I'm going to make this story quick. It's my personal story. As a person from Central America who had very strong homophobic inklings, I was an educated person. I was a college-educated person, engineer, business owners, and all of that. And at that point, still homophobic because of my socialization. I was wrong. I was completely uh, as 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 smart as I want to believe that I was, I was simply not ill-informed, but there was something wrong with me. There was that there was that uh, that receptor in me that was placed in me, 
You, well, and, your teacher taught you an attitude, didn't it? Right. And as I, soon, I mean, your culture taught right, you. Right, culture. And as soon as I was able to extricate that mentally, it solved the problem mentally. But you know what still offended me? If I saw two guys kissing. You know what still offended me? If I saw things that were homophobic, even as I knew I was wrong. It didn't happen until I was socialized and had gay real gay friends and and was able to change from the heart that is when i change and that is what i think is lacking in my opinion with many of those who are intelligent smart and still have these different prejudices they have to be confronted as i was confronted with it to be able to make my choice appropriately please close us out my dear friend okay well one of their vulnerabilities is also around the idea of um and that settles it. Um, you know, God, God said it. You know, you, you know, one of the things which you're describing is uh, that you are a person um, who was open to um, revising right. uh, the original text. Um, you were not, whereas one of the virtues of uh, the conservatives is also a vulnerability. They are people who hand down intact some of the uh, the cultural treasures. They're traditionalists. They, they preserve sacred texts and they preserve the bigotries and, and other flaws. Above so, and beyond their intelligence. Yeah, but you know, I, every day, I, in fact, I'm, I, 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 as I get older, I, in, in some ways I get more turned off by certain aspects of myself. Um, you know, I, I, there are attitudes that I've got that I don't know what to do with. Um, I, I don't I don't agree with these attitudes, but the feelings are uh, somewhat visceral or, you know, at, at a deeper level. And, and, you know, when you think about, it's not about race. So, no, actually, you know, when I think about physical contact between me and a black person, it's not exactly the same feeling as as, as a feeling of, you know, I don't believe in that shit, excuse me, but there it is. And, and um, but nonetheless, for me, black people have always been something that I've had a positive, heartful feeling toward. Somehow I got it from my mom. And, and, and so when I watched uh, football games as a kid, I would always root for the, the college that had black players in it and against uh, like Old Miss or Alabama or somebody like that, that, that wouldn't have blacks uh, on them. It, it was important to me, but there's elements of things that have been passed down that, you know. That you still have. I, I still have it, you know, I accept and, that. Right, no, and, and what I'm saying is that the very, the, in my case, when I talk about homophobia, the very first thing was for me to first be honest with myself to understand that I had the problem before I could actually get the problem fixed. And I think I think the fact that you were able to move. I mean, I was just describing how I, there are certain attitudes that I, I you know, I, I wish I didn't have, but you know, don't know what to do about. But the thing is, I was saying about that the. Uh, like the the guy with the distinguished naval career. Um, the military is a cult. Uh, uh, I, it is not, ours is not to question why. Ours is but to do or die. Um, uh, culture. And, you know, there are circumstances that are very important where those are, that 
that character structure is a virtue. But it also goes along with a certain rigidity. You know, the, the, the rigidity of the fundamentalist that uh, if the Bible wasn't completely literally true, and if the world wasn't just uh, less than 6,000 years old, his whole world would, uh, would shatter. So, you know, it's so complex. And, but the thing is, we as the United States have always had enough good things going for us that you could believe in the in the America that I grew up in, that the balance of forces was positive, that we could make progress, that we could become a better society, and we were becoming a better society in a, in a great many ways. So I think that we've got the material to work on. We need to take the people who have had their weaknesses exploited, and by whatever means works, and I'm not pretending that I know what works, but I'm hoping that the dinner party to be here is one little thing, one little thing that will create the atmosphere in which the movement back across the teeter-totter to the good side might, have, might be fun. Andy Schmuckler, let me tell you, first of all, if you're talking, you're not fighting. If you're talking, you're communicating. So I think that is important. Andy Schmuckler, prize-winning author and former Democratic candidate for Congress in Virginia's very rich and endured district, cum laude, radio show host, all that good stuff. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thanks for having me again. It's we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.